Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. John, what's going on? It's my birthday, tomorrow. <laughs> it, it is, and it was on I the last podcast, everybody. too. Yeah, right. I keep reminding everybody. You know, I think at this point, the audience knows you guys work overtime to do these podcasts, and yeah, we're, we've done a double, but this time you've got a guest on the show. Last time it was just us, um, but you've got a guest on, so who'd you bring on? Yeah, well, we brought on Kyle Hansen, Director of Business Development with Madison Insurance Group. How you doing, Kyle? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you all doing today? Doing awesome. Fabulous. Thanks Excellent. for, thanks thank for being you a part for, of it. Well, thank you for having me out here. It's exciting, for sure. Yeah, no, I well, I, I'll get, give our audience a little bit of a background, but uh, Madison Insurance Group hosts a conference every year, which we were attendees at last uh, year, back in November. And uh, Kyle made a really awesome presentation on enterprise risk, which is a topic that really, I think, affects business owners and businesses that they're probably not really thinking about. And just, you know, we were very impressed with your presentation, Kyle. And we thought, hey, this would be a great uh, topic for our podcast. So here we are. Excellent. Yeah. And it's a fascinating topic. Truly, it's a fascinating topic. It is one that I started looking into uh, quite a bit in, after in the last I would say uh, three years or so since working for Madison Insurance Group, but has also had a profound impact on even the way that I look at the world. Uh, so to be able to have an opportunity to talk about it, no matter the situation, uh, is really exciting. Yeah, well, let, let's get into it because uh, sure. maybe maybe start off with w this concept of enterprise risk and and how you define it and what is it. I think that's obviously a, I think a natural starting point here. Yeah, absolutely. So when we think about enterprise risk. We think about uh, how to, the idea about a company and its ability to do what it's supposed to do, right, hinges on certain things being in place. And often when we sit down and want to talk about, like, this is where our company is going, what we really want to talk about are the strategy meetings, right? What are the things that allow us to have market share? What are the, how do we differentiate ourselves from, you know, our competition? How do we grab funding so we can do, you know, M&As or all of that? And, and that's all really great and exciting things. Uh, and often, truly, the idea about risk management kind of gets pushed to the side. And, and I understand it because, and I, I have to say this from the get-go, and so people don't click pause and move on uh, as they're listening. They're like, oh, no, it's another conversation about risk management. But enterprise risk management is an evolved version of risk management that not only looks at the potential downsides of an organization, you know, like the slip and falls and the fire hazards and all of that, but also the upsides. And so it's really looking at a, uh, we like to call it a holistic approach, meaning it goes through and looks at all of the uncertainties that could happen and specifically how those uncertainties could either benefit or detract from an organization's ability to reach its goals, its core business objectives. And in that way, I find it a massively compelling uh, arg not argument, but a concept to really embrace on just the day-to-day -day life. Because we're not talking about 
you know, uh, being afraid of the risk that might happen. But we're also ta we're talking about really monitoring and observing and then seeing how we can uh, respond to the basic risks that an organization might face as it goes throughout its day-to-day -day life. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, obviously your company is in, in the insurance industry. And yeah, I don't think... I don't think this conversation really probably will touch a lot on insurance. I, I don't think, I think this is really just sort of almost transcends the, that specific solution, if you will, to the problem of risk management. But I really like how you phrase that Kyle, because it's not something that most businesses are spending a lot of their time, uh, their day-to-day -day lives working on, but it's, it's pretty important. So maybe why don't you expand a little bit, if you don't mind on, on this concept and maybe some of the things that you guys are seeing on your ends within this topic of enterprise risk. For sure. And and you're right that, you know, we, our program, Madison Insurance Group specializes in enterprise risk insurance, meaning there are certain types of enterprise risks that are very low probability, but high catastrophic losses to business income triggered by certain events that you can purchase insurance for you know, through our program on a direct procurement basis. That's kind of what we do. But when I think about, and this is actually the, the journey that I went down, say, thinking about enterprise risk insurance, and I started breaking it down. It's like, okay, I kind of understand what insurance is, but what is the enterprise risk part of it? And you're absolutely right, is that the conversation, insurance is only a small portion of the enterprise risk conversation. And, and what do I mean by that is, if you think about the basic insurances that you might have for a business, you might have a property insurance policy, or you might have a general liability policy or professional liability policy. But just because you have those insurance policies doesn't mean that you don't go and think about the basic measures that you need to uh, respond and mitigate and protect against risks that could happen, especially downside risks that could happen in, in your business. So uh, you're still locking your doors, right? You're still having training to your consultants and making sure they're offering best practice advice. You're still putting, you know, mats down as customers enter the door to prevent against slip and falls. You know, insurance really focuses on something called pure risk, meaning there is no potential upside to it. It's either there's no gain or there's all loss. That's really what insurance focuses on. But enterprise risk expands beyond what is basic risk management in which you would really think about insurances as well, but you expand beyond it and look at the potential upsides that could occur arising out of the uncertainties. We think about how businesses every single day take risks. And once we start thinking about it, we can start appreciating the idea of risk, meaning we can't actually own and operate and run a successful business without being intentional with the risk that we take. And a part of that, I personally feel, is to take a step back and kind of redefine how we're thinking about risk on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, when I, when I started thinking about the definition surrounding enterprise risk, I, I started breaking it down. I'm kind of an academic in, in my background, right? And I looked at enterprise and risk and insurance. And what's interesting, what I found is that the standards, the international standards that are out there that define risk really define it as an uncertainty. 
right? Uh, international organizations for standardization is this, you know, international uh, frame. It's an organization that allows for standard frameworks for a bunch of things. And uh, 73 is, uh, is, is one of their guides and standards, and it defines risk as the effects of uncertainty on an objective. Now talk about how opaque that might be, but once we start digging into it, right, that effect might be positive, that effect might be negative, or that effect might be neutral. Uh, and it's uncertain. And so now we're just kind of spinning in this world that realigns our understanding of risk as a negative thing only to something that we just think about every single day. I, I liken this to a conversation that I had with a buddy of mine only a few years ago. And uh, we were sitting uh, outside uh, and we were barbecuing together. It's one of my favorite things to do because it takes quite a bit of time to do. And I'm, I'm uh, a long a smoker uh, on the on the uh, barbecue. So we have, you know, ribs and brisket and stuff Kyle. like that. I right? Me oh. too, Kyle. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's like such a relaxing way to spend the day. And when you have people that enjoy standing around the, the smoker, right, you, we, you start having conversations. And this buddy of mine, he's already owned a business. He sold the business. Now he has another business. And I was sharing with him some of the experiences that I was having, putting the proposals together, trying to do, you know, end of the year budget stuff. And he looked at me and he's like, gosh, I don't, I don't think I could, I don't think I could be a W2 man. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, it just seems, I, I don't know, as a business owner, I like to have a sense of control over the uncertainties of everything, right? And it seems to just be way safer, right? Because if something happens for him as a business owner, he can, he's the first person to respond. He understands, you know, what the environment is, you know, et cetera. And in my brain, I just, it was like, whoa, you know, because I always grew up in an environment where I was thinking business owners take the greatest amount of risk. And it was something that was scary to me. And all of these things started coming together to think about, gosh, that's what enterprise risk is, right? It's the understanding of the negatives, the positives, the neutral events that could have a impact on an objective. So instead of thinking about risk as risk, I like to just talk about it as an uncertainty. And then all of a sudden, it can be integrated into the strategy meetings, into the operation meetings, into any of those meetings, because it's, 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 we start aligning it and saying, okay, well, what is our objective? What are we trying to achieve here? And what are the uncertainties that might happen? And that could be, oh, well, the uncertainty would be that we have a massive success here. That's an uncertainty. What can we do to better define that? Or the uncertainty would be, oh, we could have a pure loss here. But it really helps for me allow us to have conversations about risk in a much more maybe positive light than what we may have had in the past. Now, Kyle, it sounds like almost almost like a, a SWOT analysis, like strength, weakness, opportunity, threats. You know, that's a, a pretty common, uh, I guess, exercise, if you will, that businesses might go through. And I, yes. I, I'm wondering if, you know, it seems like based on your definition, risk would kind of almost fill in in every single one of those uh, parts of that. Uh, yeah. You know, in terms of the way that you're defining it, like risk being a positive, almost more of a positive, not just a, the threat piece, right, of that SWOT analysis. It's interesting. Yeah, well, and that that's it's a wonderful analogy as well because you know we we have uh, one of the things I love about quarter one in in the business season is SWATs are the things that everybody's doing right now and they you know they pull the old ones out and bring the new ones in and and take a look at it it's the uh, the fine tune up of the season right it's kind of like going yeah. to your golf lessons uh, after three four months of not playing I'm in Indiana so 
you know, we don't get the benefit of having all year round, you know, golf, but it does, it links perfectly in. And the reason why is because what does a SWOT analysis basically do? A SWOT analysis at its core looks at internal environments and it looks at external environments and it does it inside of the core operational values and objectives that they're looking at, at achieving. So when we when we we can we can start pulling out and actually being a little more granular with our SWOT analysis as just as a even if you've done it you can kind of open it back up and say well how maybe we could uh, you know slice the onion other ways because you have your external environment that you look at in your SWOT right which would be opportunities and threats related or are surrounding your organization. And instead of just looking at sort of the product or the competitive environment, you can start adding in things like the economic environment, like what are the business cycle influences or what are the exchange rate influences or the inflationary influences, which is a really big one right now, or what are the social yeah. environments or the legal environments? Are there any changes in legals or regulations or are there things on the book for the courts to look at that might impact your your business or even the, just the physical environment? What is the nature? What is going on in the physical environment surrounding your certain businesses? I think about uh, opportunities and threats portion of the very first time I did a SWOT analysis at a business strategy meeting. And truly, and maybe people are like me, but it's somewhat regretfully, I didn't consider any four of those things. I really looked at, well, here's our competitor base, right? Here's our market share. Here's how we're trying. Here's how our threats and our opportunity are, are being impacted by just the competitive strategic forces. But there's so much more that we can gain from that portion of the SWOT analysis. And in a similar way, we look at strengths and weaknesses. And at the core, strength and weaknesses really are the internal environment of an organization, which always is in flux. Uh, depending on, you know, historically, people might have a period of time in the organization that the org culture was the pinnacle of what they're looking at. And you're like, okay, well, we've expanded a ton. How do we get back there? Or it might be the opposite, right? Where you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, we have an organization that quickly grew, but now we're trying to develop a culture. The, uh, developing the strengths and weaknesses part doesn't just look at the ability to fulfill a product or the operational sequences, but it can expand itself to say like the data systems, the government system or the governance systems of data or the technological information that you use and the way that data security is there or the way that you use it as an asset, right? As well as the operational environment and the product environment. So it, it's just kind of ways of thinking about, yeah, these are uncertainties that are things you could take advantage of or things that you need to mitigate against because it could be bad for you. But if you are comfortable with doing SWOT analysis, then just expand the SWOT analysis a little bit and you're on the road to enterprise risk management at its core tenant. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's ex expanding my brain because I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're trying to do something very similar in a SWOT analysis uh, right now, first quarter, like you said, Kyle. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's, this is very timely. And I'm wondering, you know, I know we're not going to talk about the insurance piece of what you guys do, but I'm, I am interested in, in, in this, like how, how Madison sort of takes what we're talking about here and applies that to your business and applies that maybe to your clients' businesses in terms of how you do what you do. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a in our program, when clients come to us to uh, purchase insurance directly from the insurance carrier, one of the, the 
steps along the way is a risk assessment questionnaire. A risk assessment questionnaire is basically looking at the various stresses that an organization would have on certain pure insurable risks. Uh, and our program, because we focus on enterprise risk, what our insurances are specifically looking at are losses of business income arising out of triggering events like a loss of a key person or a loss of a key supplier or a supply chain interruption, cyber uh, events, et cetera. I, I mean, if you think about all of the things that have happened in the last three, four, five years, some of this stuff is very top of mind to people. And what will happen is businesses will have the opportunity to go through and list their key vendors and list their key contracts. And a part of the request of the carrier for underwriting is actually writing down the percentage attributable gross revenue to the risk of losing that specific vendor. And I have to say, it is a very eye-opening process for businesses to go through if they have never gone through this type of process before. Yeah. Because if you have a small business or a, if, you know, any of the small businesses that I know, the business owners are working day in, day out, night in, night out, right? To be able to, to build their business, to increase the relationships around the community and to foster the vendor relationships and supplier relationships that make the whole thing work. Sitting down and saying, okay, well, I've had this vendor say for the last you know, 15 years, we have a really great relationship. Now taking the time of saying, well, what would happen if that vendor was no longer there, God forbid, for some reason, right? What would happen to the potential gross uh, income that you, if it, during, during the time that you lost them and you're trying to rehabilitate that event? And so these are kind of sur the surrounding ideas around our insurances. And of course, our, if, if, if people are interested in looking at the insurances, we always default to the insurance coverages for real uh, you know, coverage information. But this is, I think, one of the most beneficial processes is that risk assessment questionnaire is to sit down and really take stake of, we're not talking about slips and falls and properties and the standard PNC insurances you would normally do. We're talking about insurances that are above and beyond it. And because of that, often the assessment of looking at those uncertain pure risks are above and beyond what the standard assessments would have been, you know, in the past risk management practices. Yeah. I think that risk questionnaire, and we've had many, many of our clients that have worked with Madison insurance group and have gone through that, that process. And from my experience, I would agree hundred percent, Kyle, that that is a really good exercise to go through because most of the businesses that have gone through it really haven't to your point, looked through all of those risks or even really considered it. So that risk assessment questionnaire really does get you thinking. It's like, well, wait a minute, I do have that key vendor or supplier or gosh, what happens if I do lose that key person within the organization? What's that going to do to the income of the company? Right. So the, 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 this enterprise risk concept is something that a lot of businesses aren't thinking about because like you said, they're going through the day-to-day -day management of running their company and that that's just a huge responsibility. And this sometimes, I don't want to say falls through the cracks, but it's just not top of mind. And so going through that exercise is really, really eye-opening in, in many of the instances and has really helped, I think, protect a lot of the businesses in terms of you know how they want to take advantage of those opportunities, right? I mean, maybe there's, you have a strategic advantage in your business that sets you apart from your competitors, but 
I think of you know our business and some others that we've worked with. Yes, that is an opportunity, but you also maybe are going in a different direction that could cause some exposure. This risk assessment questionnaire, this enterprise risk protection, really can, I think, give you the the security to move forward with your business model in a way that you might otherwise not do without it, right? It, so that was a long, long-winded dissertation there, but I agree a hundred percent. No, it's it's really great, and, and sometimes when you when you look at the you know looking on the sales side of things or the marketing side of things sometimes doing the risk assessment questionnaire can help you think about how you know what does differentiate you you know some you talked about you know these the, the vendor relationships that are key and strategic to your organization well that's actually a plus add that's something that you have over your competition and maybe if that relationship is sound enough you can you know move that up to the the marketing side right of saying like this is the reason why that you should come to our program as opposed to our competitor program because of x y and z the relationship strengths that we have in either our supply chain or our key suppliers or our vendors etc and so even if people do a risk assessment questionnaire it doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking about, okay, insurance and bad risk, right? This is kind of circling back around to opportunities to embrace the areas of your organization that set you apart from your competition, but not only embrace it, but then the next stage of it is, as you're kind of alluding to as well, is how do you treat a risk if there is a, a, a really only a pure negative downside. And that's where we start talking about insurances and business continuation events, et cetera. So, but yeah, it was a wonderful sort of assessment for how businesses can apply and use the risk assessment questionnaire for the benefit, regardless of if they go down the road of purchasing insurance. Hey, Kyle, this is John. Real quick, I might be putting you on the spot. I apologize. Is there a case study that you can remember where this enterprise risk was a positive or a negative to to a particular client of yours? Yes, uh, for sure. And you know, it's it's interesting because when clients come into the program and they're completing the risk assessment questionnaire, uh, they have the opportunity to take a little bit of time and really reflect on these areas surrounding their business. And sometimes that allows them to unveil. Uh, areas that they may have overlooked or at least have taken advantage of in the past. And a couple of them come flying up to the front, but one of them was a a key supplier relationship that a business had. I'm not going to, obviously, I'm not going to name the business, but what they realized is that this key supplier relationship was something they had for years and years and years and years. Uh, And it was, if you were to do a standard assessment of like vendor relationships and saying, okay, just green, yellow, red, green means we have an awesome relationship. Uh, We meet all the time. We're constantly renegotiating contracts. Accounts receivables are great. It's an awesome green vendor, right? Uh, Or then you have, you know, yellow and red, you can kind of fill in the gaps for what those might be for yourself. But this would be a green vendor, like somebody who is really important to them. And so they start going through the risk assessment questionnaire and they write it down. And then the next step is how long you've been with them. And uh, what do they do? What do they do for your company? And then lastly, what is your attributable gross revenue associated with that? And I think that this one was something like 85% of their gross revenue was attributable to this specific supplier. 
And that's no small chunk, right? Uh, it wasn't necessarily the highest purchaser, you know, purchasing item. It wasn't the most expensive item on uh, the picture for them, but it was definitely a very important item that if they couldn't fulfill that, they wouldn't be able to do what they do. And all of a sudden that started racking their brains into thinking, oh, we need to get some contingency plans in place in the background, regardless if we go down the insurance idea, but we need to get some contingency plans in place to be able to make sure that if there is an interruption event, meaning that we lose this supplier, what do we do? How can we rehabilitate from that? And how can we kind of make quick shifts so that we don't have a massive interruption, not only to our operations, but also a hit, you know, a breach to our reputation of fulfilling, you know, some of those orders. So yeah, it was a powerful case study, you know, for me. And what was also really great about me being able to hear that conversation is that it was very early on in my time with the company. And it, it, it was, again, one of those light bulb moments. This is the thing that makes me so passionate about the idea about enterprise risk management, because you have really wonderful, amazing business owners who are super passionate about what they do. They're very strategic about what they do. They dot all the I's and cross the T's. And by applying enterprise risk management to their company, they not only benefit their company in a positive way, but they also allow for them to kind of fill in the gaps and make the uncertainties and the downsides a lot more tolerable if they do a happen in the future. Yeah. And, and all this from our perspective, our audience has heard us talk about this before, but you, you know, when we work with a family or a business owner as a family CFO, you know, we're, we're not necessarily going to be looking at a, uh, the, at this business enterprise risk at a really, really detailed level. Most of our families have qualified people within the company that really specialize in that. And we certainly help where we can, but that's not our focal point where we focus is more on the family side. And when you look at, a business as as a percentage of value of a family's net overall net worth you, from our data that we look at with our families it's usually averaging i think around 75% of their net worth wow so yeah we talk a lot about you know protecting that value for the family and you know these enterprise risk <laughs> issues the, the case study and the story you just told Kyle i mean that's such a such a huge part of it. So it, it's not just at the business level, of course, but also at the family level where, where we want to focus on. So again, I, I think this all is is coming together. And I think that it's important for families and business owners to look at, at that aspect as well. Hey, Kyle, yeah. let, let, let's move to the insurance solution. Can you outline some of the enterprise risk coverages that you guys have? Because I, they're, they're pretty unique and a lot of people don't really get, a, get clear on what that means. So can, if you walk through some of the policies. And, and again, if you have a case study where it, it had a benefit to a business owner, that would be great too. Absolutely. The enterprise risk insurances that are available to directly purchase from the insurance carrier. And I, I will just add a disclaimer that I am, I'm not an agent. I'm not a broker. I'm, I'm very much a part of the uh, sales and marketing team at our company. And so when I'm describing this stuff, I'm not describing it for the benefit of the insurance carrier. Businesses, when they purchase uh, these insurances, are purchasing um, on a, a directly from the carrier itself. But with that said, the coverages that are available are a, a unique opportunity 
to be able to purchase insurances above and beyond what would be the standard PNC insurances that you might get through your agent or your broker direct. Uh, and these are available out on the commercial market. They are, I will say, they're expensive. And part of the way that our structure is set up is that it, the benefit of the structure kind of allows for the uh, expense of purchasing the insurance to make more sense for the business owner. But the types of insurance coverages that uh, we would have are things like loss of business income arising out of a loss of a key person. Uh, if you think about all the key people that might be in your business, what would happen if for a, a, an event outside of your control, all of a sudden that person was gone? Would you potentially lose business income? Other questions like loss of a key contract or a loss of a key uh, customer, do you have undiversified customer and contract bases where you, that those are the people you primarily earn your, you know, revenues through that could be that those are the, the, you know, the ideas surrounding the loss of business incomes out of arising out of a loss of a key person or a loss of a key customer or a key contract. Same thing with losses of uh, business income. That's the, for all of these policies, by the way, loss of business income is defined as a loss of a net income and not gross, but loss of um, income arising out of a, a key supplier. That's another big one. But we, so we, we look at, or a key referral source, right? And so we look at some of those business income interruption events that surround the business, but we also can go to outside forces as well. Things like regulatory and administrative uh, investigatory actions. Are there regulatory agencies that oversee all of the work of your business. If they are, could they investigate you? And could that investigation, you know, incur expense losses and, and that type of thing? So regulatory uh, investigative uh, actions, that's uh, one. One of the types of coverages that is, you know, difficult to talk about, but very important, especially in a very globalized world where uh, business owners are traveling all across the world to be able to do their work and land their deals are things like kidnap, ransom, and extortion, right? God forbid that something happens to a business owner or a family member of a business owner when they're on a trip somewhere and they are, you know, and the, the business has to recover from that and in, in a financial way, whether it is, you know, paying ransoms and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's interesting when we talk about that, I had somebody ask me one time, they said, uh, that seems like a really kidnap, ransom and extortion. That seems like a really obscure policy. Uh, I mean, what's the probability of a, any of these things happening? And I'm like, well, you know, the reality is, is all of these policies by nature are low probability, very low probability but catastrophic events that could happen. And we had a, a business owner that one time that um, kind of walked away from the initial introduction to our program. And this was actually before I arrived uh, in the program. This was, you know, years back. And uh, they were like, you know, I, I just don't see the benefit. This is not something that I'm really all that interested in. I like the idea about the structure. I like the way that the program could potentially work for the long-term benefit of us. Uh, but uh, the insurance, it just seems like it's not a, a step I'm worth taking right now. Well, a couple of weeks later, 
maybe more than a couple weeks later, but he went on a trip uh, to, it was either South America or Africa, I, I forget where, but he went on a trip with his family and it was one of those benchmark trips for their family. They all went out. They had a great time. It was a wonderful trip. They did tours and boat rides and all of the type of fun things that you would want to do on those type of trips. And they came back from the trip, relaxed, enjoyable time, wonderful showing all the pictures of their event. And they turn on the news and they realize that on the headline news, was a uh, pirate extortion event where on the on a similar boat cruise that they were on, a family uh, or families who were touring it were hijacked and held for ransom. And and thank goodness all everything worked itself out, right? And so that's how we always want it to be. But I he the way the story goes, he picked up the phone the next day. And he called our president and said, okay, let's have a conversation about this. I, I understand now, right? Wow. I understand where the stuff is coming from. And, and so, yeah, we while we are talking about insurances that are low probability uh, and high catast uh, catastrophic insurances, just because we have kind of a, a subjective feeling that it's not worth it, right, doesn't mean that we couldn't experience a potential impact from it arising. And hopefully that impact doesn't happen at the least opportune time for recovery. And uh, that's a, a little bit of a plug I, I recognize, but I really think that enterprise risk insurance policies and not just the, we have the insurance policies, but also enterprise risk management as a whole is such a great benefit to insure or to uh, companies thinking about just how they are going to stabilize all of that value that they have developed, putting that safety net underneath all of that value. And like you were mentioning, a lot of it's family value. A lot of it's they link directly linked in with their long-term legacy. Uh, that how What are they going to do on a day-to-day -day basis to make sure that they get the best of the best for uh, their their businesses and, and for their family? Yeah. And, and, and full disclosure, obviously, we have a policy with Madison. We've had it mm -hmm. for years, policies. Yeah. We have cyber risk, which is big concern of many people mm. we have lost the key customers we have legal defense we have employment practices we have you know coverages we have about seven eight policies because those are all big risks for us as an enterprise yeah and we cover all of them via insurance because there's no other way to deal with it it's it is what it is we love that concept we've been part of that that uh, world for many years now because we recognize as michael said if you think about what we, what we do as a, as a practice, we manage family risk and their exposure to some of these elements. But ours is more on the tax side or asset protection side of protecting family wealth, but it's all risk management on both sides. So it's an interesting conversation to have. And, and Kyle, I think we, we went a little long today, but this, this topic is always, <laughs> yeah. always, always important to, to bring up to your point earlier. People push it aside because it's not something they want to focus on, but I think it's extremely important, especially after the pandemic. I think mm. that opened a lot of people's eyes to what risks were out there. They didn't even, they didn't even recognize, but they did after the pandemic. So I think that kicked into a little bit of a high gear, but it's like anything else. Once that, kind of fear goes away people go back to their normal way of doing business so just keep reminding people this this is a focus 
uh, which we do every year with our families, I think is very, very important. But I want to thank you, Kyle, for your for your attendance today. You're you're yeah. outstanding, and uh, oh. you didn't disappoint. That's for sure. Oh, thank you for inviting me again. It, it's an absolute pleasure, and yeah. So thank you. Well, Kyle, thank you so much again. Um, is for for our listeners who may be you know hearing this and thinking more about you know their own risk management in their business. How how do they get in contact with you, and and what recommendations would you make? The, one of the best ways that uh, they could get in contact uh, with us is to be able to move through, you know, uh, ad- advisor networks that we have, such as Copper Beach. Uh, you know, you guys have been uh, have a long term relationship with us. You understand, you know, what we do. Uh, you understand how the structure itself can benefit in the long run. We didn't even get to that part, right? Uh, but you guys understand how all of this works. Uh, it's so if if uh, somebody is interested in you know going through uh, the the idea about the risk assessment questionnaire that we talked about here, uh, you know, call up uh, John and Michael. Uh, ha- connect with them uh, because they will be able to interface us uh, together. They and and be able to uh, help you along that path. But then the other thing that they'll be able to help you to, which is really also important, is the the great benefit that the program, the specific program we're talking about here can have for that business and that family and that family's legacy. Uh, because that is something that we uh, don't want to overlook here, but I want to be able to leave it to, uh, uh, you know, John and Michael to be able to, to fill in that part of the story. Yeah, our pleasure to help. No doubt. For sure. All right, gentlemen, this has been fantastic. Kyle, appreciate all the information. Good things to think about. Guys, Copper Beach, you're at it again. I mean, this is another amazing guest that you've brought to your clients. Uh, So I thank you for that. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review. This actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC-registered investment advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments.
Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.